to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. Happy Monday! I hope your week is off to an incredible start. I am really excited for you to hear today's episode because we are talking all about manifesting my favorite thing ever, and I think a lot of you will find this information incredibly helpful. But before we hop into all things manifesting, there's something that you should manifest slash just make happen, and that's coming to the Wellness Realness Retreat because it's coming up. Tickets are still on sale. There are just a few spots left, and I want you there. I want to meet you. The retreat is going to be July 26th through July 28th. It's going to be here in beautiful San Diego. It's going to be the ultimate wellness weekend. We are going to hang out with other like-minded people. It's going to be really fun to get to know you, get to know other listeners, people who have similar interests and similar perspectives on lifestyle. We are going to be eating a ton of delicious food, including food from some of my favorite restaurants, all gluten-free, dairy-free, paleo-friendly, of course. That includes food from Parakeet Cafe, Peace Pies, Powerhouse Pizza. We're going to stop at Pressed Freeze, and Kelly Scott from Kelly's Clean Kitchen is going to cook a homemade meal, and Kelly's cooking, my heart, it's divine. Activities will include group Reiki, hiking, yoga, acupuncture, vitamin shots, nutrient drips, a lot of deep conversation, workshops on health, nutrition, self-love, body image, all the things. It's going to be an incredible weekend and you don't want to miss out on this. Last year's retreat was just beyond my expectations and I cannot wait for this year's retreat to be even better and I'm so excited about the group that's already signed up and there are just a few more spots left. If you're interested in getting a VIP ticket, you can still get one of those. A VIP ticket gives you a separate one-on-one session with me during that weekend. So if you're interested in that and you want a one-on-one session with me for an hour, you can get that VIP ticket. Otherwise, you can get the general admission ticket, but it's a smaller group of people. We are going to really get to know each other very well. And you're going to come out of the weekend with some lifelong friends. So I really hope you will be there. I hope you manifest it. If you want it, it'll happen. Make it happen. You don't really have to manifest it, though. You can just go out there and get it and trust that the universe will help everything else fall into place. Actually, some of the people who have already signed up have told me some pretty cool stories about manifesting this retreat and then how magically they just they got the ticket and then... In terms of money, everything fell into place. In terms of plane tickets, everything just magically fell into place. And I said, you know what? That's the universe working for you. 
So take this opportunity. If you are interested in learning more about everything that's included in the retreat, getting your ticket, snagging it before it's sold out, then just go to bit.ly slash wellnessrealness2019. That's bit.ly slash wellnessrealness2019. And I think one of the best parts about the retreat, maybe not the best, but a really great part is you're going to get a truly epic swag bag. You guys know I don't skimp on the swag bags, but I'm sure you could guess some of the things that will be included, things from some of my favorite brands. And speaking of one of my favorite brands, let's talk about Ned Full Spectrum Hemp Oil because I honestly just took a mega dose because I had a crazy day and I feel much better. Actually, at the event I was at last night, I was talking to someone about Full Spectrum Hemp Oil commonly referred to as CBD oil and they're asking me about Ned and quality and other brands popping up and the thing is there are so many different CBD brands on the market and so many of them are low quality and none of them that I know of go above and beyond the way Ned does in terms of quality. Full spectrum hemp oil is something that's going to work best if you are using it consistently every single day. And when it comes to anything that I'm putting in my body every single day, I am very serious about ingredients and I only want the highest quality possible. And I wish you guys could have been on the first phone call I ever had with one of the founders of Ned, Rhett, because I went after him about quality and They impressed me and they sent me a lot of information and when I found out everything they were doing to go above and beyond in terms of quality, I was just floored and sold and then I tried it. I felt the difference because high quality CBD oil works much differently in the body. It's actually effective compared to all of those other lower quality brands that just aren't really effective. So what makes Ned's full spectrum hemp oil different? First of all, they work with a farmer, Kurt, who has been experimenting with hemp plants for over a decade, and he's dialed in the exact strains that are best for maximizing cannabinoid density, terpene content, and overall plant integrity. And he's always working to refine this, and their formula just gets better and better. All Ned products are made from organic, whole, natural ingredients. They're all small batch and slow crafted. They only extract from hemp flowers, also known as the buds, whereas other products on the market are usually extracted from the stalks and seeds of the hemp plant, which are kind of honestly the throwaway part. They also only use a very gentle and slow ethanol-based extraction method, which is done at room temperature, so no high heat or high pressure, which most other brands do just to pump out that CBD, and when they do that, that can compromise the profile of the hemp flower or its cannabinoid content. You'll also find a lot of CBD isolates on the market, and an isolate is a lab-isolated CBD compound that exists in a white powder form, and it's stripped of all the other phytocannabinoids that complement that cannabidiol so immensely. Without those other cannabinoids, there's no entourage effect, which is really thought to be the true power of hemp. Versus Ned's full spectrum hemp oil, which contains other active cannabinoids in addition to the cannabidiol, including CBG, CBC, CBDA, CBGA, and those lovely smelling hemp terpenes. 
When you look at the ingredients, you'll see that the only ingredients are the CBD and range of other phytocannabinoids and non-GMO MCT oil. If you check out the ingredients on a lot of the other popular CBD oil brands, you'll probably notice that many of them have flavors, quote, natural flavors. They'll have inflammatory oils, they'll have sunflower oil, sunflower lecithin. I've even seen some with sugar. There's just all these other unnecessary ingredients all you need is the full spectrum hemp and then the carrier oil, which is the non-GMO MCT oil in Ned's case. And as if that quality wasn't enough, which it is amazing, they go above and beyond and they energetically infuse all of their products with love, gratitude, and positive vibrations. The words love and gratitude are energetically infused into the hemp oil with every batch once extracted. If you're interested in why, I recommend checking out the New York Times bestseller, The Hidden Messages in Water. We've seen in studies that the molecular structure of water, and they've also seen this in other substances as well, actually changes to be more, quote, perfect when spoken to with gratitude, when infused with love, when filled with positive words. It can actually taste different and have different effects on the body when love and gratitude is infused into the substance. And then we have the binaural beats. So they attune all of their products to specific frequencies to help promote balance and grounding. Those frequencies are 3.5 hertz and 7.83 hertz. The delta 3.5 hertz frequency is actually associated with helping reduce depression and anxiety while promoting DNA repair. And the 7.83 hertz is the powerful healing frequency of Earth's magnetic field, which promotes focus, balance, and calm. So they've really gone above and beyond in terms of quality, and you can feel the difference. I did not notice any difference from other CBD oils, and then I tried Ned, and my life changed. There are a lot of things that full-spectrum hemp oil can help with, including sleep. It can act as a sleep aid. It can be used to treat insomnia. It can be a really helpful anti-inflammatory for any of you who struggle with autoimmune diseases or just inflammation in general, this can be great. It's also a natural pain reliever. It can be used to help with anxiety, depression, PTSD. It's a rich source of antioxidants and it can be part of treatment for serious chronic conditions like epilepsy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's and other serious conditions. It's also great for balancing hormones. I love using this in my practice to help balance female hormones. And if you're someone who's just anxious, high, strong, this can help calm you down. You will not get high. Full spectrum hemp is a major non-psychotropic, so you're good to go there. I highly recommend trying this out. I have some every evening. A couple hours before I go to bed, I put a dropper's worth of the 750 milligram under my tongue, hold it there for about 30 seconds, and then I swallow it. I recommend starting off with the 300 milligram and then work your way up in terms of dose. You can also find on their website their hemp-infused lip balms, which everyone loves. I'm obsessed with them. They have a bunch of different flavors. And their hemp-infused body butter. That is great if you have any aches, 
pains on your joints, muscles, that stuff is amazing. So if you're ready to change your life with Ned, just go to helloned.com and use my discount code wellness for 15% off. Again, that's helloned.com and my discount code is W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, wellness for 15% off. Speaking of love, gratitude, manifesting, energy, I'm so excited for today's guest. You guys know that manifesting is a huge part of my life and it's something I, if, if you've ever been a client or work with me, know this is something I talk about all the time. This is how I make things happen in my life and I 100% believe in it and has changed my life. So I'm very excited to introduce today's guest, Sarah Prout. Sarah Prout is a motivational speaker, an entrepreneur, a writer, the host of the Journey to Manifesting podcast and co-founder of the Manifesting Academy. She is the author of the book, Dear Universe, and she's been named a manifestation guru by Cosmopolitan Magazine. So in this episode, Sarah and I are going to talk all about manifesting, how to make things happen. I love her message. She's all about connecting to the universe, empowering your emotions, limitless possibilities, energy management, seeking joy in every moment, and... She knows her stuff, so I'm really excited for you guys to learn more about manifesting from the guru herself. So I'm sure you are just on the edge of your seat, excited to manifest the heck out of your life. So I won't make you wait any longer. Let's go ahead and hop into this conversation with Sarah Prout. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm so excited to chat with you, Sarah. Could you just start off by introducing yourself to my listeners in case they're not familiar with you? Absolutely. Well, it's great to be here, Christina. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. So for those of you that are not familiar with my work, I am a manifesting teacher. So I teach people that everything and anything is possible, especially if you remember the power you have to guide your energy and your emotions. And uh, I've been on a very interesting path. Uh, Ten years ago, I walked away from 10 years of domestic violence So I had to learn pretty quickly how to survive out in the world as a single mother living on welfare. And I learned how to love the law of attraction and manifesting as a way to empower myself out of a very disempowering situation. Yeah, that is, I mean, that's a lot. So would you be willing to share more about like what was going on with the domestic violence? Sure. Uh, So, I mean, domestic violence is a very difficult topic to talk about for many people. Uh, And there are so many people out there that have found themselves in disempowering relationships and how that violence shows up, whether it's physical violence, emotional violence, you know, financial restrictions, whatever it is, it means something different for everybody. But for me, it, uh, it was physical violence for a long time. And I married a man much older than me. And we just weren't right for each other. And so we spent so many years arguing to be seen or arguing to be heard, and then it would escalate to violence. And then in the early stages, it was just me getting hurt. And then, you know, the final stages, it was both of us trying to hurt each other. And it was just dysfunction in every direction. But what I now see is that it was a training ground to strengthen me to be the person I am today, because now I inspire millions of people all over the world that they have their own power and that they don't have to be reliant on somebody else to make them happy. Yeah, what pushed you to finally get out of that relationship? Because I know that's, I mean, that would be a difficult leap to actually leave the relationship. And I think that's where a lot of people get trapped in. 
It, it was. I mean, this was 10 years ago now, and it was just around the same time that Twitter was gaining popularity and people were getting on Facebook. And so I learned how to use my voice and create powerful connections with people online. And as I was doing that, I was building my sense of self-esteem. And my children were old enough to start defending me during the arguments. And I remember thinking, okay, so if they can set boundaries and know that this isn't okay, then what am I teaching them? So that ultimately helped me to build up the courage to leave. Mm. How, how many kids do you have? I have four kids now. Wow. Yeah. How, how many at the time? <laughs> I had two when I left. Um, and now I have... Yeah, now I have four. So since I left, I've had two daughters who are three and two. And my two oldest babies are nearly 18 and 13. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay, so you left and then where did you go? What did you do? What was going on? So when I left, uh, I was doing social media coaching. So as I mentioned back in the day, I was connecting with people and I had 20,000 followers back on Twitter yeah, just by connecting lot. with people. And it was through you know, sharing my story, sharing my struggles as a parent and as a woman that I started building this, uh, this following. And so I thought, okay, how can I monetize this? Because this is my way to freedom. So I set an intention on a Friday that I would create a coaching program for 12 people at $1,000 each, and I would coach them for three months. I didn't even know what that looked like or how I would deliver it. I just put the offer out there. And then by the Monday, I had $12,000 in my PayPal account, which funded my departure from the marriage. So I I booked some flights to another state. Uh, I moved in with my mother for a little bit while I found like the cheapest, crappiest apartment you could imagine. And uh, slowly but surely, I just began to build my life. But I left with two suitcases, two children and over $30,000 worth of credit card debt. Wow. So it was really difficult for me to even feed my children from day to day. And there were some days I'd even starve myself so we could, you know, afford toilet paper or soap or, you know, the the things that you need as a parent to make sure that your kids are okay. Mm -hmm. And at that time, like, did you doubt the process at all? Or were you all into like believing the power of manifestation already? No, you see, I did this quite unconsciously. It was more getting curious about how I would survive the fear. Mm-hmm. Because when you don't know how you're going to face each day, it gets really scary. So I had to learn how to get comfortable with uncertainty and face the adversity with a sense of gratitude and appreciation. And that wasn't easy. And I didn't do it all the time. But when I did remember, it just helped me to get through to that next day, one day at a time. So how did you start learning about all of this manifestation and law of attraction? Like what got you into it initially? Like how did you come across this? Uh, I was interested in that kind of thing. So when I was a little kid, I would often dream about my future or visualize what I wanted my life to look like. So I always had that element within me of believing that anything was possible. And it was really when um, The Secret came out in 2006 that that revived my love of getting curious about the universe and, and how energy interacts out there in the world. And then it was really just needing to get curious about how I could make money. So I started using some specific practices and rituals that would get me into the right framework, right mental framework and right um, heart space to be able to attract a different level of prosperity. Okay. So, okay, let's finish. Okay, so you put out this um, intention that you're going to coach these 12 people, right? Um, yeah. And what exactly did you describe the coaching? It was it for social media? 
Yeah, it was just for me to go into their business and say, okay, this is how you can connect with your fans and followers more authentically. So I didn't, I mean, I wasn't a professional by any means. Mm -hmm. It was just me packaging up a service and putting a PayPal button on a very simple page and getting these people who I had formed these connections with to, you know, have one-on-one sessions with me that I would deliver over like three months. And I didn't even have an internet connection. So I would go to like a Starbucks or somewhere like that with my laptop and just, you know, teach from my heart. And so I did that, but I didn't really want to be a social media expert. What I was ultimately doing was teaching people about manifesting and being aware of their energy and how they could show up and be of service to other people. And at what point did you realize that was what you were really teaching them? Like, how did it transition into like becoming a manifestation teacher? Well, it really came from noticing that it it worked and that there was more to manifestation than just setting an intention and creating a vision board with things on it, you know, like a dream home or a sports car. It was more about tuning into the feeling space. And it was only when uh, my love life turned a corner and I met my husband on Twitter, which was awesome, that we started and created this business together. And out of necessity, you know, we've had so many different reinventions of what that business looked like. So when we first came together, we started a publishing company. So we would use the law of attraction to attract clients and to Uh, teach other people about manifesting and then we'd put books together about other people's manifesting stories which was really cool and then it was only really in 2015 that we decided okay I'm going to be the main face of the brand and we're going to teach people about manifesting and the law of attraction and we're going to create a product line and just reach as many people as possible now we started with nothing like my husband when he came out to to meet me for the first time he didn't have you know, he didn't even have like a hundred bucks to his name. <laughs> he spent everything, every last penny that he had to fly out to Australia to see me, but we knew we needed to be together and that we had a mission and that we were on that mission to create a wonderful life together. And so um, just life unfolded as it was meant to. And we just immersed ourselves in studying digital marketing. So, uh, you know, as mystical and woo-woo as it sounds, like be very focused and dedicated on spirituality and the law of attraction, there had to be a lot of practical elements that went into place to get us to where we are today. And that was definitely studying about sales funnels and how to, you know, send emails or copywriting skills and all of those things that contributed to getting us to having a seven-figure company now. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing to point out because I think there's confusion around manifestation in terms of people will say, okay, do I just manifest this and it it comes and I don't have to do any other work and that's it? Yeah. Yeah. There's no such thing as overnight success. (laughs) Not at all. Like there are so many sleepless nights or worrying about, you know, how we're going to pay the bills. Or I mean, the the concerns that I had as a single mother, not knowing how I was going to feed my children each day, then that translates in, okay, well, how am I going to pay the rent? And especially when I've got higher bills to pay or we've got 11 team members or, you know, all of these responsibilities shift. So sometimes what you think is the right thing that you want to manifest sometimes comes with a new set of problems to face. So it's really important to remember that this is a journey, that it's not about just reaching one goal, that it's about all of the things that you learn on that path. 
So I think the question that many people have when they hear it, you know, you don't just manifest something and then it comes in, you don't have to do any work. But then the question would be, so how do you know that you're getting what you want um, from like the why was the manifesting the important part? How do you know it wasn't just all the hard work you did? Because I believe that everything is a manifestation. Mm. (laughs) And so manifestation is really another word for awareness of what is. So my perspective of manifestation is that it's not necessarily materialistic. It's driven by our emotions and our feelings, which is, you know, the the main premise of my new book that's coming out soon called Dear Universe, which is 200 mini meditations for instant manifestations. So there are 100 fear-based emotions listed and 100 love-based emotions listed. So you tune into how you're feeling or how you want to feel. And each of those emotions are a manifestation because the universe delivers your experiences and your manifestations through how you are feeling. So it's not necessarily like the the brand new sports car parked in your driveway. It's the feeling you have around it. Mm. And so this is, this is the main difference in my teachings with spirituality and the law of attraction, that it's not things based, it's feelings based. Okay, interesting. So, okay, let's just dive into this manifesting thing for a second okay (laughs) so like basic level like how do you manifest something well you set an intention and you get very clear about how you want to feel so so often we place our power outside of ourselves that the external has to govern how we feel internally and this this shows up all the time in relationships you know like when you say to your partner you're making me feel this way, or it's your fault, I don't feel happy. You know, we we shift the focus to outside of ourselves. So basic way to, let's just say you want to manifest a soulmate. Mm -hmm. Tune into how you want to feel with that partner. Tune into the things that you'd like to do, the experiences that will bring you joy that you can share together. And then create the space in your immediate environment to welcome in that that manifestation. So I teach my students in our manifesting academy to perhaps clean out a drawer or clear out some space in your closet specifically for that new love interest that's going to come into your life, into your home environment and share that space. So the universe is always responding to our energy, our emotions, or another way of looking at it is our vibrations. So emotions and and feelings are vibrations. Okay. Is there anything that people can't manifest? No, because everything that appears and has always always appeared inside anyone's reality is a manifestation. So there's there's really no limitations to what you can create unless you don't believe you can. And that's probably the, the thing that I understand the most because I've worked with thousands upon thousands of people all around the world is that worthiness piece, the fact we self-sabotage or we think we want something and then the universe has other plans. (laughs) So like we're on this really steep learning curve. So we might think that we want to become famous, but the reality of that isn't really that good for us, you know? Okay. So in that, so in that situation, if you try to manifest it because the universe doesn't want it, it wouldn't work out. Yeah, because we're always co-creating with the universe. We are part of the universe and the universe is flowing through us all the time to teach, train, and educate us how to be better human beings in this life experience. So, okay, so we can manifest anything, but going back to, like, the car example, so then you could manifest that? Of course you can. Yeah, you can if it's meant to. You see, everything in the universe 
works on two principles. It's either going with a flow, which is like the good feelings and, you know, you know that you're on the right path. And then there's resistance. It's that self-sabotaging block, the doubts, the fears, the anxieties. And then there's just the awareness that being happy with whatever shows up is satisfying, is enough. That just striving for something and focusing on it and obsessing about it quite often interrupts that flow of possibility and stops it from appearing into your reality. Okay. So so what are some of the most common things you help people manifest? Sure. Uh, so like I mentioned, soulmates. There's a lot of people that have uh, met and married through using some of my principles and techniques. Uh, job promotions, that's a really common one. And babies, that's my ultimate favorite one. The people that have been comfortable with facing uncertainty with being okay no matter what shows up release the resistance and then all of a sudden they manifest their baby and I've seen this happen like hundreds of times it's really awesome but the the best manifestation is the awareness that we have the power to guide our energy guide our emotions so you take your power back and that each moment is that manifestation uh, and money. Money's another one. I love playing these manifesting games over on Instagram where I put out the call, like a dear verse post, dear universe, man, and manifest 100 or more in the next 24 hours or less. And I did this a few weeks ago and I did the tally and the amount of people that messaged me or sent a comment, I, I totaled it all up. It was over like $14,000 worth of $100 transactions that had taken place from people just saying yes, showing up, getting curious about how they can connect to that infinite realm of possibilities. And it, it all boils down to the willingness. Are you willing to open your heart to the flow of the universe? So, but what does that look like? Like if someone's like listening to this and they, they're not super familiar with all these concepts and like, okay, sure. how do I open my heart to the flow of the universe? <laughs> yeah, well, I know it sounds like a little bit wacky and out there, but most people believe in something, whether it's a higher power whether it's uh, in the magic of possibility or even if you know, you're just an optimist. It's about seeking joy wherever you can. That's where you connect to the universe. That's where you start to believe in yourself and your powers of creation, that the things that you know, light up your heart, whether it's binge-watching a show on Netflix or eating your favorite food or spending time with friends. These are all spiritual principles. I know it doesn't feel like it, but the fun in life is actually where the greatest growth can happen. But it can also happen through pain as well, because no change is created without that catalyst for pain. Okay, so let's, I would, okay, I would like to go through some of those examples just to give people concrete examples of what they could do. So maybe we could start with money. Um, So let's say somebody wants to manifest that they'll make a million dollars this year. Um, yeah. <laughs> can we go give some practical steps of like, okay, how it walk through how you would have someone do that? Okay. So if you want to manifest a million dollars, and this is one of my favorite new thought teachers from the new thought movement in the 1940s, she wrote a book that said, if you want to manifest a million dollars, get comfortable with a million dollars. So there are very practical, uh, energetic alignment pieces that you can do. So things like if you want to manifest a million dollars, get clear about what that looks like. So you need to take inspired action. You need, you need to do something that's being of service to other people and you need to do a lot of work. Like a million dollars just doesn't appear in your reality unless you win the lottery. But statistically 
most people that win the lottery lose all of it within the first five years because they haven't done that internal emotional work to feel comfortable with it. Now, most people listening will go, okay, well, if I won the lottery, of course, I'd know how to keep it. But would you, you know, because money can sometimes flow out of your reality really quickly. So a million dollars, the best way to to do that is to connect with other people that have made a million dollars. Uh, get curious about the ways that they did it, model their behavior, and then think about the million dollar lifestyle and what that looks like, whether it's going into a, a home that's for sale that costs millions of dollars, like go, go to an open house or uh, test drive a car that's that amount of money that you could afford if you had that income. It's all about up-leveling and becoming very curious about how your environment impacts your income. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. Um, Good. So then what about like, so so starting to get comfortable with that, right? What about yeah. like um, affirmations? Yeah, affirmations work really well as well, but you still need to do that internal work. Like, am I worthy enough? And then there's all of this psychological noise going on that can have something to do with our upbringing, how our parents raised us, what they taught us to believe is possible. I mean, even for me, like sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be too successful because, you know, I don't want to earn more money than my family members or, you know, there's there's always like these little seeds of self-doubt that can creep in. So it's getting curious about some of those ways that we block ourselves or we sabotage ourselves from feeling worthy enough to manifest anything our heart desires. So do you think that's really what's holding people back because they have those deep-rooted self-doubts? I... (laughs) It depends. Like there's some people out there, there's some extremely wealthy people that I know out there that have a lot of self-doubt. So it really is just about the person's individual soul journey, what they need to learn. So essentially it all boils down to responsibility within yourself, how you interact with the people that are in your intimate relationships, your family, your friends, your co-workers, and then society. And then this is the most ethical way to build wealth. It needs to be spiritual wealth first. Mm, okay. So we kind of got the money one. Let's move on to the babies. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think this is so interesting. Um, tell me more about how you would help someone manifest in a baby. So what I had seen, and this is really interesting, is that There was a study done, and I'm not sure of the actual statistic. I've got to check this. But there are a lot of women that have had IVF because they've spent so many years not being able to get pregnant and had a baby. They have an IVF baby, and then within the next couple of years after that, they have a baby naturally. So it just happens Mm. without needing medical intervention. And there's a reason for this, and I believe that it's because they've released the resistance around having that thing that well thing, human being, beautiful human being that you're blessed with. I shouldn't say mm-hmm. uh, But for me, in on my own personal journey, I've been pregnant 10 times and I have four children. So I had six miscarriages. Wow. Five of them happened in a row uh, over a 10-month period. And there was a lesson in that. So as soon as I got comfortable with the uncertainty and I was realizing that, okay, the universe is training me to get comfortable with perhaps not having another baby, perhaps not being sharing a child with my new husband, then I manifested my baby. Now, I was told that I couldn't have children and carry them to full term. I was told that when I was 19, and yet pregnant 10 times and having four babies is quite a miracle. And then when it came to having my fourth baby, I got pregnant on the first time we tried 
because I'd released that resistance from all of the losses, from knowing that my body could do it and then trusting my body again. So really, it's about building trust within yourself that everything that unfolds is always happening as it is meant to, that Mother Nature knows what she's doing and that these babies quite often appear in the perfect timing to train you and that that, happen, that interaction happens between parent and child prior to them being born. So like I teach my, my students, if you want to manifest a baby, make sure that your partner is on the same page about that because that really helps <laughs> uh, in terms of like the energetics of it. Mm-hmm. And then um, buy something for the baby. <coughs> Excuse me. Perhaps create like a little box of special items or like little teddy bears or something like that so that you're showing the universe, I'm ready for your baby. When you're ready, I'm here and that it's safe. And that you're also open to all possibilities because sometimes babies don't appear in your reality through your body. Sometimes babies can manifest as stepchildren or as, you know, fur babies, for Mm -hmm. instance, and that our, our spiritual growth doesn't necessarily have to be through our own biology. It could be in other ways, whether it's foster children or adoption or all of the wonderful ways that we can open our hearts to the fullness of humanity. I know you guys are loving this chat with Sarah Prout, but I want to take a brief break for a second to talk to you about one of my favorite companies, Beekeepers Naturals. Last week, I actually recorded a podcast with the founder, Carly Stein. She is a wealth of information and such a boss, honestly, this brand she's built and everything she's doing to help save the bees and the way she's helping so many people's lives through these natural products is incredible. If you're not familiar with Beekeepers Naturals, they're a wellness company that specializes in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant-based ingredients. They're all about effective supplements and remedies that can help solve modern health challenges completely naturally. And that's something that's definitely very important to me because when the body is under stress and the body's under attack, when the body is inflamed a lot of times people like to throw a lot of stuff at it that just makes inflammation worse that makes the body want to attack even more so we want to be working with our bodies and giving it healing compounds that can actually recognize and make use of I have loved their propolis spray for years and this year I discovered all of their other products and I'm obsessed with all of them and then since talking to Carly I am even more obsessed with them so I used to spray propolis like four to five times once or twice a day and now I spray it like three times that amount because I'm obsessed with it. I think a lot of people don't realize how healing bee products can be. So the propolis throat spray, for example, is basically like nature's antibiotic. This is the immune system of the hive. It has incredible germ-fighting properties, and it contains over 300 beneficial vitamins, minerals, and compounds, so it's nature's ultimate defender. It's great for preventing sickness or illness. It's great for general immune support and also soothing sore throats and coughs. It's also great if you have any type of bacterial or fungal infection. It's amazing for combating free radical damage when you're really stressed out, if you are traveling a lot, if your immune system is compromised, if you are under a lot of deadlines, if you're a student, if work is high pressure, high stress, if you work out a lot and your body's under stress physically, it's really important to support your immune system and propolis is basically a lifesaver. 
it is so antibacterial. Carly, you're going to learn more about her story, but she got very sick once when she was traveling abroad. And that's how she discovered propolis because she was in Italy and someone recommended propolis and she tried it. And when nothing else was working, that completely took away her inflammation and helped with her tonsillitis and now helps her manage her autoimmune disease. And it's just a really incredible story. And if you look at the testimonials from people who have used bee propolis, it's just honestly unreal and I cannot live without it. Another product that I love and use every single day is their Bee Power. This is their superfood complex. So it contains all the superfoods from the hive, including that immune support of propolis that we just talked about, the royal jelly, which is really great for the brain and skin health, also bee pollen, which is really energizing, and of course, their signature raw enzymatic honey. It tastes delicious, but this is made to be a medicinal dose, so you just need about a teaspoon a day. You can just take a teaspoon, you can drizzle it over your food, or you can use it as a face mask. It's amazing for skin, so antibacterial. The royal jelly is great for smoothing out the skin, brightening it, plumping it, and also great for getting rid of any blemishes. Propolis is really great for burns, blemishes, any inflammation inside and out. And then, of course, their Beelix or Brain Fuel. If you're sensitive to caffeine like me, then go for the Beelix or Brain Fuel. It's a powerful nootropic formula that contains a ton of natural compounds like royal jelly and ginkgo, which can help enhance memory, performance, and cognition. I love it because you don't get any jitters. It's caffeine-free. It's great for brain fog, enhancing your focus, your concentration, and it just gives you that little extra edge. Carly was also talking about for people who have concussions or head injuries, that's actually how this this product was developed was she was trying to help her best friend overcome a serious head injury. So she kind of developed this and then it turned into brain fuel. So you could up your dosage if you're going through something that has injured your head, your brain. But in general, for anyone, this is going to put your brain on fire. So you could do a third to half a vial a day up to one vial a day, but you don't need that much. I usually take about half and it actually works best if you have some fat in your stomach to help absorb it. So take it with a meal. That can be great. And then of course their signature wildflower honey. They have their traditional honey and also their superfood cacao honey if you love chocolate and also their bee chill hemp honey. I love their bee chill hemp honey, especially for before bed, but you know, if I'm feeling a little a little chocolatey. I'll go for the cacao honey. It's so good. A little bit of honey can be great as a little pre-workout. It can also be great right before bed. This is a really helpful sleep hack. If you just take a teaspoon of some honey right before bed, raw honey is full of amino acids like tryptophan. So when you have that teaspoon of honey, it's going to give you a slow, steady spike in insulin, which allows the tryptophan to cross the blood-brain barrier, and it will turn into serotonin and then melatonin, and it will help you get that restful sleep. It can also help your sleep cycle because it's going to stock your liver with glycogen. So your brain and your liver are still working while you sleep. If glycogen stores in the liver get depleted, it can make your brain wake up, freak out, and you're looking for fuel. And that's why a lot of people wake up in the middle of the night because their glycogen stores get depleted and that makes them wake up. They think it's because they have to pee. It's not. It's because of this, but then they wake up and realize they have to pee. So 
yeah, I digress. But anyways, the raw honey can really help because it has an optimal ratio of fructose to glucose and it's going to support your liver while you sleep. You want to make sure you go raw though. You want raw honey that's full of antioxidants, vitamins, and more. And that's why I love the Beekeepers Naturals products. These are just a part of my everyday routine now. I take the propolis every single day, multiple times a day. I take the bee powered in the morning, first thing. I use the brain fuel a couple of times a week. I love that. And then I take some type of honey right before bed, whether that be the bee chill, the superfood cacao, or the signature just wildflower honey. And it tastes so good. And it's like it's like getting your vitamins straight from nature. It tastes delicious. So I cannot recommend these products enough. I bring them with me everywhere. I have travel sizes of everything. The Propolis is already TSA friendly and travel size, but I have travel size of everything because I'm serious about how much I love this stuff. So if you want to try it out, just go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash CRW and my discount code CRW will give you 15% off of your purchase. Again, that's beekeepersnaturals.com, B-E-E-K-E-E. P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S dot com slash C-R-W. And you will get 15% off with that code C-R-W. Let me know what you think and how much it changes your life when you try it out. I'm very serious about my love for Beekeepers Naturals. It is a permanent part of my daily routine, and I'm pretty sure it might become part of yours. I love when nature gives us the remedies we need to heal naturally. That's the best. The same way the universe always has our backs. So now that I've talked to you a little bit about Beekeepers Naturals, let's hop back into this conversation with Sarah Prout. I'm very big into manifesting. Like I think everything in my life I just manifest in. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was talking to somebody about this like a few weeks ago and Mm -hmm. explaining like how I bring things in and how I just live like I already have them basically. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about, you know – like clean out a drawer for somebody or like you're yeah. saying buy the baby a box of like things like things like that like living like you have it to tell the universe you're ready for it but this he goes he goes well isn't that jinxing it like aren't you you know aren't you jinxing it because he goes I was I always thought that you if you want something you don't want to live like that because then you're kind of jinxing it and have it's bad luck so have you ever had someone ask you about that yeah I, I have actually and I believe that we make our own luck Mm-hmm. And that we're jinxing ourselves all the time the moment we second guess what's appearing in our reality. That that, that is the ultimate jinx <laughs> when you doubt your worth, when you doubt what's possible, or when you don't trust the journey. Because, we're, you know, nobody gets out of here alive. We, we are all going to die one day. And I know that sounds a little bit dismal, but we can make the most of each and every day, however that shows up, what, with gratitude for whatever we have and whatever presents itself. And if you are meant to have a baby, then it will happen. And if not, then the universe will deliver other ways for you to learn and to grow through that experience. Hmm. I want to talk about your miscarriages for a second, if you wouldn't mind. Um, No, fine. I'm so sorry that you went through that. I can't even imagine. And I just also curious about your mindset through that whole thing, because I know now, you know, you see that it was it was meant to happen. It was preparing you. But yeah. During that process, I can't, like, did you still have that same mindset? Because I feel like it would be really difficult to have that mindset while you're in the middle of it. I mean, miscarriages are, are very tough emotionally. So what was your mindset like through that? Like, how did you get through that emotionally? 
Well, one in three pregnancies end in miscarriage, which is really sad and something that we don't talk about as a society as much as we should. So set aside the spiritual stuff, like an emotional connection piece, we Mm -hmm. all need to be there for each other a lot more. Uh, Because when I had my first miscarriage, I was nearly four months pregnant and I was only 20 years old. Mm. So I was was a baby. And I wasn't ready for the energetic impact of what that would do to my self-confidence, to my marriage, to, you know, my thoughts of the future. So that was a very different time for me. So by the time I was onto my second marriage and I was having these, you know, five miscarriages in a row, I felt like my body was broken. As a manifesting teacher, I felt very embarrassed because here I am teaching people that anything is possible. And yet the universe was delivering me these babies And, you know, I was getting attached to them, seeing their little heartbeats, planning for their future. And then around like the nine or 10 week mark, they wouldn't survive. And I was thinking, this is, this is tough. I don't know how I can make it through this time. And it really trained me to be okay with the uncertainty, that the depression, the fear, the anger, because I was really mad at life during this time. It's like, why me? Why can't I do this? You know, I know my body can, can carry a baby. Why can't I do it again? And so I believe that the negative times actually leverage the positive times, the powerful times, that you can't have the celebration of success and the ultimate manifestation without learning how to navigate those doubts, fears, and anxieties, that it's actually part of the process. And that was the gift for me, ultimately, that got me through that time. And what I could offer as a piece of advice for anybody that's either going through a miscarriage or supporting a friend or a loved one that's going through this as well is just to remember that it's part of the process, that it's okay, that you will be okay, and that there's a big difference between allowing that time to consume you with grief versus just giving yourself time and permission to grieve as you need to. So, you know, like not just sweeping it under the rug and going, making yourself wrong for feeling bad or feeling under the weather or feeling like you've done something wrong, that it's not your fault. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just like five in a row. Yeah. I mean, how did you not give up faith? I, well, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Like my body felt so broken, so exhausted. Uh, and as each one would happen, I almost knew what to go through. And the interesting thing was like, I lost them in different ways for different reasons. And just, and I, I was, gosh, I was, I was only, I think I was 35 when all of these happened, 34, 35. So at that stage, you're classified as advanced maternal age. So Mm -hmm. even just getting pregnant that amount of times was quite an achievement in itself. So that they couldn't figure out, like, why are these babies going? So my body felt broken. I felt helpless. I felt, um, how do I put it, disheartened that the universe had forgotten about me. But then I remembered to tune in to what the community was saying, to what my friends, my fans, my followers, and how they were supporting me through this time. And ultimately, I learned that vulnerability is the key to freedom and that I may throughout that time I couldn't have got through it without other people sharing their stories. And this is why I'm so passionate about my book Dear Universe because it talks about how I moved through that, the feelings that I went through, like the specific times where I showed up to the ultrasound machine and there was no heartbeat and I did that so many times I almost got used to it and you become desensitized to the pain. And it was only when I really switched my awareness to what I was capable 
of feeling and I was okay. I got to the point where I'm fine, baby. If you don't want to come, that's okay. It's safe. I'm here if you want me. Thank you for being here. It was only when I had that point that I was able to carry my third child to full term. And now (laughs) I say to her every single day, thank you for being here because I remember the journey that it took to get her here. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I was going to ask, like, did you do anything different in terms of mindset for when your baby finally did make full term? And so it was, you did shift your mindset for that child? Yeah. So that was with Lulu. She's my, my third child. Uh, so I got to five weeks and three days and I started to show all of the signs of miscarriage again. So I, I showed up and I wrote a note to her on my iPhone in the waiting room, like, okay, baby, it's okay, you're safe. And then I went to the ultrasound machine and they saw her heartbeat, five weeks, three days, really little, but they gave me a 20% chance that she would survive. And so what I learned how to do then was to celebrate milestones day by day. And I'd already done this, so you know, like back in my days of single motherhood where I was celebrating milestones day by day just for showing up and being able to feed my kids. But for this particular episode this was like a the same lesson but just wrapped up with a different presentation does mm-hmm. that make sense yeah so so it was like okay I'm just going to celebrate each day so once we got to that 12 week mark we went to the ultrasound I mean usually baby's all formed by then it's all good and they didn't know whether she would be okay so they had to run additional tests so it's like just as I'm feeling comfortable then something else would happen and then like later on, I think it was about 20 weeks, I had like internal bleeding going on and they told me that, you know, things weren't looking good. And so I had to go on bed rest for a little while. And my blood pressure wasn't good, but it was when the baby was finally born and in my arms that I felt safe. <laughs> I was like, yes, she's here. And then you never really feel safe <laughs> because you're a parent, you know, I've been a parent now for nearly 20 years. And, <laughs> and so you just, you never stop worrying about these little human beings. Yeah. So, okay. That kind of rolls into like, what is your, what is your gratitude practice like and how does that relate to manifesting? Well, I believe that the more you appreciate in life, the more the universe will show up and give you things to appreciate. So it's like getting on a cycle. You're building that momentum. You're building up that, that frequency. And so for me, I, I mean, I just, I'm grateful about the smallest things sometimes, whether it's a nice cup of tea or, you know, taking a warm bath or, you know, hearing my kids laugh. There's something about that that's really awesome, like the little giggles or things that entertain them or seeing them experience joy. So that brings me joy, and then I'm just grateful for that experience. But then there's, like, a different part of the gratitude practice is when things don't go right, seeing if you can be grateful. So it's like training a muscle. The more you train it, the more it can work for you. So let's just say, uh, you know, you get a a really big tax bill. (laughs) So now I have to practice, okay, I'm grateful for this because I get to pay my taxes, which means I've earned more money, you know. So it's just, it's hacking the system. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what's interesting, though, is, so let's say someone wants to say that I'm grateful for that. Um, But isn't there, there's a difference in my opinion, between just saying that to yourself and actually believing it. And I think that's where people go wrong is they say they're doing all these steps to manifest things or to be grateful, but they don't actually feel it. And it, yeah. then it's not going to work. Yeah. And that's why my mission in the world is to give people permission to feel because as a society, we're really good at pushing those feelings down. And, uh, you know, like with the rising epidemic of addictions and, and that kind of thing, we're pushing our feelings to the side and we're not just giving them a moment to be. 
There is so much more power in appreciating and identifying that you can't be grateful in a moment than there is in forcing it. Mm. Why, okay. do you, well, why do you think people push down their emotions so much? Because they have worthiness issues. And we're, we're trained as small children, you know, don't cry. Pull yourself together, you know, stop, uh, you know, why are you upset? Or we're, we're blaming other people and we're not taking responsibility and being truthful for how we really feel. So, again, like if you're not feeling like you can get into a space of gratitude, just by identifying that, it's more powerful than the gratitude itself because it, it creates the space for you to actually get curious about, well, how can I feel grateful? And one question that you can always ask yourself in that situation is what's great about this? What's great about the current moment? Mm -hmm. What's good about this? What can I learn from this? You know, what's getting me through this day? <laughs> uh, and, and how can I celebrate? It's really interesting because it rolls into the way we – well, the way people raise their children and the way we educate our children in the school system. Yep. Um, and it's almost like how how different would the world be if people, you know, I don't think people think about the, the big effects that it can have on a child to, like, like tell them to pull things together, you know, like, be strong, be strong. Um, mm -hmm. And that can influence kind of, like, them being able to attract in everything for the rest of their life. Yeah. What if you just said to your kids, hey, what are you feeling right now? Mm -hmm. How can I support you? You know, how can I how can I hear what you're saying or what are you feeling right now? You know, if we taught our kids this, it would be a radically different world. Mm -hmm. Do you teach your kids about like manifesting a law of attraction or is it just something kind of ingrained without being uh, <laughs> totally like said openly? Uh well, they think I'm a little bit wacky <laughs> <laughs> because that's what they're meant agents they have radically different beliefs but I am really proud of the conscious human beings that they are because I believe that they create their path in a different way like it's a different flavor of the way that I would do it mm -hmm. so my son for example he's very practical he's very compassionate uh, and his spirituality shows up in appreciation of art and music and language, that kind of thing. And my daughter, like, she is, like, full force feeling of emotions. <laughs> so it's like she just needs to take a chill pill sometimes and remember that it's all going to be okay. So what about, you know what's interesting is what about, like, with people's partners? Like, do people ever tell you that they have a hard time communicating this new way of thinking with their partners yes and I would say that that's a huge strain on a relationship when people try and make their partner believe the same thing that they do and what I teach my students is that you don't have to believe in the same thing in fact some of the most beautiful relationships come from more diverse backgrounds where people do believe in different things and they can have these complementary elements skills and energy that they bring to the union yeah, I it's it's just interesting because it's such a different way of looking at the world. Um, mm -hmm. When you like believe that you can manifest things in, and you're grateful for everything, and then it really affects your interactions with other people because you start to realize how many people in the world are just ungrateful and unhappy every day and place themselves in the victim role. Um, yeah. Everything happens to them. Why is this happening to me? Rather than why is this happening for me? Um, so I can definitely see how that would strain certain relationships, especially if you like make that transition 
in the way of thinking while you're already in the relationship and then the other person isn't used to it. Mm. Um, Well, you're either growing together or you're growing apart. mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, love is that initial communication and connection point. And that's more pure than any, you know, like belief system, right? So we all come together based on that love. It doesn't matter, but it can be very isolating if you're judging the other person for not being as spiritual as you or not understanding how the universe works as well as you, because that, in fact, is not very spiritual at all. The, The judgment, in fact, leaning in with compassion, curiosity, and bridging that gap between beliefs is where the real relationship can be built. Yeah, definitely. And I think another another piece of this conversation regarding spirituality is people will say to me, you know, I don't know if I can think about this and, and like believe in this when I have a different religion. Um, yeah. And so how do you explain this to people? Like, can people believe in the power of manifestation, the flow of the universe while also believing in another religion? Absolutely. It's completely complementary to all religions. There are no exceptions because there are in every single religious text, there's this beautiful common thread of a higher power. And so manifestation, I mean, Jesus, for example, he turned water into wine in the Bible. That's manifestation right there. Yeah. So it's like the, the, there's no, there are no religious texts that do not refer to the creation from the non-physical realm, which is manifestation. And I, I've studied all of them, whether it's the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita, the Siddhi Guru Granth Sahib, the Bible. I've studied them all, and I'm yet to find one that doesn't include a beautiful common thread that binds us all as human beings. Did you grow up following a certain religion? Uh, No, I didn't. I went to a Christian-based school when I was older, Uh, probably like, I think, like teenagers. Yeah, I was about about 14, 15 when I went to a Christian school. Uh, But other than that, not really a strict religious background whatsoever but I did believe in God and I you know I do believe in God but now it's just kind of changed a little bit more to believe that it's an all-pervading universal life force which I call the universe mm-hmm. yeah. and, okay that makes sense yeah I think that's just something that comes up a lot people feel like they're cheating on their religion um yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I can see that and it's, it's perfectly fine to feel that way but if they saw that as complimentary to their exploration into religion, then it, it would be really mutually beneficial. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to talk more about the um, manifesting in your soulmate example, because mm-hmm. I think sure. this is what everyone wants to know. And I know you talked about, like, you know, making space in a drawer, but what, what else could people do to manifest in their soulmate? Uh, clear the past, get rid of all of their relationship history the energetic and emotional baggage. So not holding on to like old letters or old mementos, beginning with a clean slate and then trusting that the universe is going to deliver the perfect person for them. Okay. And what does that, what does that look like though, to trust that? Uh, Well, it's easier said than done, (laughs) but like, how do I put this? Just believing that you are worthy of receiving love is probably the number one piece. And then, also seeing things from the perspective of your soulmates out there somewhere waiting for you, visualizing all of your traits and qualities, 
I mean, that that freaks a lot of people out. They're like, oh, my God, I've never heard of that before. You know, my soulmate's out there thinking of me. You know, I'm on their list of requirements. And it's so interesting to flip it to that perspective because it gives them an experience outside of themselves, which yeah. is where you attract the soulmate from. That is super interesting. I've never thought of that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's really fun. I did this exercise at a party last week with this woman it's called uh, the build your soulmate exercise where you literally just go through all of the traits qualities some of the physical attributes if you like and how you want the relationship to feel and she's like oh my god I can feel it now you know this is such a powerful experience because you get into that feeling space again of that person that's out there and as soon as you get into that feeling space you draw them closer into your physical reality Mm, okay and then but then there's also the other component of like you still do have to like do work you know like you have to still like be out in the world they're not just going to plop into your lap if you are not seeing anyone you know that's it yeah (laughs) but I've never used tinder before I can only imagine like that must be like a manifesting playground of making people into your soulmate like yeah that's my soulmate yeah (laughs) but and that that's a real danger too placing those labels on someone that is unfair before the relationship is allowed to develop. Mm. So, you know, as in the spiritual self-help personal development industry, we're like, I want to meet my twin flame. I want to meet my soulmate. And it's like, okay, what about just somebody to love that loves you back where there's mutual respect and you have fun with them and you share a similar sense of humor and you like to do similar things and you can bridge the gap between your differences. Like that's, that's where it's the real power, not through the illusion of this is my soulmate. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where it gets tricky for some people because let's say they, you know, do all this work um, to manifest in their soulmate and, you know, they've gotten rid of all the past um, mm-hmm. baggage and they've cleared out the drawer and they've done like something like your build your soulmate exercise and mm-hmm. they have done all the self-work um, to work through any feelings of self self-doubt or feelings of unworthiness and then they meet someone and they start dating and they're like oh here it is you know Mm -hmm. but it might not necessarily be that first person yeah so again the relationships that appear in our reality are the vehicle for us to grow spiritually and it doesn't matter how long the relationship is or whether it's just a fleeting encounter there's always something to learn from the other person so it's just that awareness that, you know, no one ever knows how they're going to, how long they're going to be with somebody, but you can set the intention to have that mutual support system in place to understand that, you know, we're on this beautiful journey and that the people that are in our lives are a blessing, no matter how long they're there for. Very true. And I think that's such a, an important shift in paradigm because I know a lot of people just feel resentful for all these people in their life. Um, mm-hmm. But every single person teaches us something. And is there for a reason? Um, I'm curious more about, like, tell me about how you and your now husband met through Twitter. (laughs) So he was working for a really well-known personal development teacher. And that teacher said to him, check out this girl in Australia. She's got 20,000 followers on Twitter. And so he started up. A conversation with me in 140 characters or less, which it was, which is what it was back then. And then we took it to, I think it was Facebook, and then to email, and then to Skype. <laughs> but, but here's the thing: I was still married when I met Sean online, just as a friend. Mm-hmm. So Sean was actually the person that I turned to 
in uh, my times of need where I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And we just formed a friendship. And I thought there was no way in the world that we would end up together or even that romance was a possibility because he was just a friend. He was He's also five years younger than me, so I kind of dismissed him because I had a rule that would never do that and I was married and he lived in Hollywood and I lived in Australia so it's like okay <laughs> what's going on here so a year passed of us just being friends online and just chatting and then uh, I was single I was dating some other guys and then um, it was like a light switch went off and we both fell in love with each other online we hadn't even talked we just had these feelings of closeness and connection and we knew we had to explore them and so we Skyped, we had a Skype date and he's like, I'm going to use all of my money to come and see you. And so he booked a plane ticket for 11 days to come and see me in Australia. And it was the best 11 days. And then we had to figure out how the rest of our lives, uh, how the rest of our life would look together because we knew we wanted to be together, but I didn't have any money. So at that point I was still living below the poverty line, struggling to feed my kids Sean couldn't get a job. I mean, I couldn't sponsor him for a visa or anything like that. So he went back to America for three months and he just worked really solidly. He got a student visa to come to Australia. And then we started our lives together from that point virtually. And we've been together for nine years this year. Oh, my gosh. That is such yeah. a cute story. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as he got off that plane, I knew him. I remembered him. Mm. I just felt with every fiber of my being okay this is this is my guy thanks for being here <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. it's interesting too when you bring up how like he's five years younger than you and you thought like you would never yeah. date someone younger than you and like that's also an interesting point to bring up like I know when people try and manifest exactly what they want and they'll like have an idea like with a soulmate for instance like exactly you know the age range and the job and all these very specific traits but then mm-hmm it doesn't necessarily show up exactly what you thought. Yeah. The universe had other plans for me. I just had to get over my own rules and limitations. And what I wanted was on the other side of seeing through that illusion. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, you know, you talk about how like when you saw him, you just like you, you already knew him and you felt it mm-hmm. in your, in your body. Um, yeah. And I feel like this is really related to just like intuition and, and being able to tap into that. And like, how do you, how do you learn to be more tapped into your intuition and like to be able to tell? Cause I think we all get feelings in our body like that. And sometimes it's hard to tell what they mean exactly, or even to tune into them. Yeah. I think I was aware that I wasn't forcing myself to feel that way. It was mm. just really natural. So it's like, you know, when you can't force yourself to feel hungry, right. It's just like an intrinsic, uh, normal, natural bodily function to feel hungry or to feel tired or to feel thirsty. I think that intuition is very very closely paired with those intrinsic drives that you just know. And the more you become aware of noticing those very subtle conscious signs that your body is telling you or your heart is telling you, then the more those signs will show up for you. Now, I've seen this happen time and time again where people say, well, I'm not very intuitive. And they hand their power over to somebody else to tell them, well, what's going to manifest or what's in the process of unfolding? when really you have all of the intuitive powers you have within you to notice those very subtle clues. So someone like that who says, like, they're not very intuitive, what steps do you give them at the beginning to start, like, tapping into that? Uh, An exercise I like to share with people is when it comes to choosing food items from a menu. Mm. 
Mm. Like so often we might go to something that doesn't serve us, like the burger and the fries, <laughs> when, you know, like you tune into what will serve your body the most, and it would be perhaps a salad or some fruit or, you know, like more live foods. So it's just understanding the energetic differences and then, uh, and then acting accordingly. So you need to be committed to following your intuitive drives once you see them because then they can work for you. If you are intentionally using your intuition and you go towards the burger and the fries, no matter how much joy it can bring you, you're actually turning your back on your intuition and not serving yourself in the way you need to. So, you know, and you'll see that manifesting as like lack of energy or you'll feel like your shine is a little bit dim Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you choose that. But it's all about the joy you bring and the curiosity you bring to every situation to tune in and go, okay, what's going to serve me the most and is this okay for now? Like it's moment by moment. Yeah, and I think it's it can be it's really hard because so many of us have been trained to use our heads instead of our hearts or our bodies. You know, like we just yeah. logic. And I know for me, when I was starting to just figure out how to fo- really follow my intuition, I started realizing like I'm so I was so used to just following my logic and like what mm-hmm. I thought was quote unquote right or what I had learned, rather than like listening to like like my body and what it was telling me. Um, Mm -hmm. and it can be hard when those two conflict because then people feel like, you know, it's this cognitive dissonance. It's like, I feel one way and my head's saying something else. So what do I, what do I choose? Yeah, it's true. And it's learning how to strike the balance because sometimes logic can be really powerful and Mm -hmm. necessary. And then it's learning how to intuitively discern when you should be using your logic versus being more heart-based. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm curious, like what is there anything in your life that you've manifested that you feel is just like that was so crazy? Like I cannot believe I brought that in. <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> I mean there's there's so many, like from my children mm-hmm. to my soulmate to having a multiple six figure book deal. I mean that was crazy to think, you know, it was only not that long ago that I was struggling to feed my kids and now, you know, like having this book that's going all around the world and now being translated into at least five languages and it hasn't even been released yet. Uh, That's crazy to dreaming of a house seven years before I moved into it. That was nuts. Uh, What else? Oh, there's just been so many interactions with like celebrities and, and situations where it's like, Oh my God, is this really my life right now? (laughs) With, with the book, did you do something specific like for the book? Um, to bring that in? Yeah, well, it's interesting because I keep journals and mm-hmm. I kept a journal about 10 or 11 years ago saying that I was going to manifest a literary agent in New York City. And of course, I was living in Melbourne, Australia at the time. And I'm like, okay, why am I writing this? That seems like the best thing. I think I might have watched Sex in the City or something like that and seen that Sarah Jessica Parker, the main character, had a New York literary agent. I thought, yeah, I want that. Uh, And sure enough, it was only a couple of years ago that I put out the call to a literary agent in New York, and I ended up landing the best nonfiction literary agent in the world who was interested in my manuscript. And then it was eight weeks after that that we did the rounds to all of the top publishers in the world, and I landed the book contract for Dear Universe. So it's like that was a crazy manifestation just by writing it down. And I wasn't even particularly clear about that. So it was only when I got clear about things that I wanted to create that life got really interesting. So tuning into how I feel. And I have a product called the Ancient Manifesting Ritual, which has been used by over 90,000 people around the world. 
Uh, and that's a process of imprinting your subconscious mind on a regular basis, how, how you want to feel. And then that shows up in your reality. Often some of the evidence shows up within the first 24 hours that you're on the right track. Wow, I got to get my hands on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, okay, what are some of the biggest mistakes people make or what's holding them back from being able to manifest what they want that you see coming up with people over and over again? Like, Oh, it's the doubts. Mm. And it's the looking for evidence and attaching meaning to the insignificant. Oh. So, so one of the ways that people do this, and I see this time and time again, is – uh, the popularity of signs from the universe. One of my most popular blog post, it po- posts is called Seven Signs the Law of Attraction is Working for You. And I love this post and I don't like this post <laughs> for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first reason that I like it is because it's been shared like over 100,000 times. It's like by far my po- most popular article. And the reason I don't like it is because the signs listed people cling to and see them literally. So I list on there things like seeing uh, signs of alignment, like the number 1111 or 111, which is, you know, perfectly fine. But when people see that all the time and it happens twice a day, if you look at a clock, (laughs) you can attach meaning to that that doesn't serve you and actually hinders the process because you're looking for it. If you you mentioned cognitive dissonance before, like Mm -hmm. that happens when we are so fixated in our minds about how something should show up. So we get obsessive about it and we look for signs and uh, clues that the universe is actually going to deliver what we really want and we're really obsessed about, but actually gets in the way and interrupts the flow. So it's, yeah, it's a a great point. (laughs) Yeah. Well, how do you find the balance between like, and people are going to hear that and be like, okay, does that mean that nothing's a sign? You know, because then I feel like they'd be scared to think anything's a sign. Yeah, that's, that's a really, really powerful point to bring up. What I was just about to get to is that I see the signs as a reminder to be present and that I'm part of a bigger picture and I am consciously creating my own reality. So I don't look at it and attach meaning to it saying, oh, my God, this is this means my next book's going to be picked up or, you know, I'm going to manifest my dream home. I feel that the universe is telling me to pay the pivotal point of power, which is right now. It's like that anchor into the present moment. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, I mean, there is a balance. I think also it's like, if you, like what you were saying before, if you're looking for it, like actively, like, where is my sign? You're going to find it versus if you're just living your life being present and something pops up, it's like, okay, I'm on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. It's 11.01 right now. I'm seeing my phone. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. Pay attention to the present moment. But absolutely. And there are sometimes though, when these signs show up and it's like, come on universe, what's going on here? And I've seen this time and time again, where it's like irrefutable proof that the universe is working through us and for us all the time. Mm-hmm. The one last thing I wanted to touch on with you is I know that you are a fan of crystals. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you use those and tell me more about, about you and your love of crystals? Oh, sure. So I like to collect them <laughs> mainly because they're pretty and they're powerful. So, uh, I like to use them as energy amplification tools and to just have them around me as a reminder of the power that I have to create my own reality. And I, I believe that everybody has a, a different relationship with crystals and that when you feel that crystal in your hand, when you form that personal energetic connection, 
it anchors in some of your uh, vibration. And like when you meditate with your crystals or you can set an intention with your crystals, it just, I don't know, it's like having little friends, little crystal friends yes. to support you. Yeah, I'm all about that. I'm the same. I have like probably 40 crystals on my desk right now. Oh, man, I'm looking at mine too, and I probably have about 40. Do you have a favorite? You know what? It's like my kids. I have different different days. <laughs> I know. Do you have like one that you feel is really great for manifesting for people listening? For like, what's a good crystal to start with? I want to manifest something in. Ooh, oh, that's a really good question. I think it depends what you want to manifest. Mm-hmm. So, like, like really quickly, rose quartz for love, uh, citrine or smoky quartz for abundance. And amethyst for healing, protection, and intuition. Love it. I would second yeah. all of those recommendations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing all of this. I've loved chatting with you. Um, I think You're this welcome. is really powerful information for people because I just think so many people don't realize like how how much they can I don't like the word control, but we have power over our own lives and like how we view our lives um, Mm -hmm. to bring things in. So I really appreciate you sharing all this with me. Can you just let everybody know where they can find more from you, where they can get the book when it comes out, all the resources from you, where can they get that? Sure. So Dear Universe comes out on April 2nd and you can buy that anywhere you can buy books. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target. Uh, and my website is sarahprout.com and you can follow me on Instagram too, uh, to see my crystals <laughs> at Sarah Prout. Amazing. All right. Thank you again, Sarah. I had so thank much you. fun chatting with you. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much to Sarah for coming on the podcast and chatting all about manifestation. I hope that you guys enjoyed that one as much as I did. I love talking about all things manifesting because this has truly changed my life and it will change yours too don't forget to reach out to sarah and let her know what you thought about the episode you can find her on instagram at sarah prout you can also find her on the podcast the journey to manifesting podcast and make sure that you check out her book dear universe and while you're in manifesting mode while you're in the mode of making things happen in your life Make sure you go and pick up your retreat ticket. The Wellness Realness Retreat is happening this July, and I know you want to be there. Don't miss out on this. Just go to bit.ly slash wellnessrealness2019 to grab your ticket. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave a rating and review on iTunes. Really appreciate it. Helps me spread the word about the show, and make sure you share it with people in your life. You can share it on social media, tell a friend about it. Tell an Uber driver about it. Tell your Tinder date about it. Tell everyone about it. And if you're not already in our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe, I would love to have you there. Just search Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe on Facebook. You'll find it and you can join the group. That's all I have for you today. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. I am manifesting that it's going to be the best week ever. So you should do so too. And with that, I will chat with you again next episode. Bye.